What's up? What's up? Welcome back to Doran Podcast. We are on episode 54 and we have a fun episode today. We're going to kind of recap all the studying we've done in Genesis and kind of give our highlights and favorite parts. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. still just kind of in disbelief that we went through all 50 chapters. I know. And so we would just encourage you if you, you know, got behind or if you had to skip one or, you know, anything like that, take, take the time and, you know, try to go back and listen to them so you can get the full, um, book. Yeah. Yeah. They're there. They're not going anywhere. So that's true. (laughs) All right. So let's start. This was a fun little challenge that I gave Casey. I didn't do it myself because it was too hard. So (laughs) (laughs) I wondered, I was like waiting for you to fill it in. And I was like, well, I guess it's me. (laughs) So can you summarize the whole book in Genesis in less than a minute? Okay. So this is a very rough summary, but but this is this is what I got for you. Okay. Okay. So God created the heaven and the earth and he heaven and the earths multiple (laughs) earths no just one earth (laughs) already got a problem here okay god created the heaven and the earth and then um and he creates adam and eve and they sin in the garden um shortly after that we have the first murder murder and basically sin takes over the whole world Mm -hmm. and so god sends the flood to destroy the world but he saves noah's family and after that we um go into the tower of babel where people are um, basically congregating together and trying to build this tower up to God. And God says, uh-uh, none of that. So he disperses the people. <laughs> uh-uh. I, I just like to picture uh-uh. God saying, none uh-uh. Of that. <laughs> and so um, then we see um, the story zoom in on this family, on Abraham's family. And God makes promises to make him a great nation, to give him many descendants. And so after many, many years of his wife being barren, he um, she gives birth to Isaac, the promise child and then Isaac grows up and he gets married to Rebecca and he has twins Jacob and Esau and um Jacob then marries Rachel and Leah and between Rachel and Leah and his servants <laughs> he has 12 sons one of which is Joseph and he is the favored son and his brothers don't like that and so they throw him into a pit and sell him but through God's sovereignty he ends up the top dog in <laughs> Pharaoh's palace and um, when a famine comes to the land he is in charge of food distribution and the brothers come and need him and um, after many Many years and many different things, they end up wrecking or Joseph actually reveals who he is. And we see this restoration in the family. And we see that Joseph basically saves the, um, the whole nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's the story of Genesis. That was two minutes, but I'll, I'll let it slide. Ah! <laughs> that was good. That was good. I feel like there's so much. There is. I tried it's to hit so, the high points. Yeah, I feel like you did a good job. You did a good job. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right. So let's let's go with this question. What is um, something you learned about God? Because that's kind of the emphasis that we've been encouraging you guys as we, as we study to really look for God first. So that would be a good place to start. What's something you learned about God through this study? So 
so much, so much. And Aaron's going to hit on some of the things that I also learned. But one of the things that stood out to me um, is just his immutability, which means that he never changes. And just seeing how he's the same throughout not only the book of Genesis, but throughout the Old Test, I mean, the New Testament as well, and even today. And um, just a reminder that he is the only consistent being that we can rely on like people in our life are going to let us down Mm -hmm. over and over and over um our family our friends our children like everybody they're going to let us down but God will never let us down and he is the same and just thinking about the fact that he was he's the same God in the garden as he is in 2019 that Mm -hmm. just blows my mind but I feel like I was reminded of that over and over and over as we were studying Genesis that's good that's good so I put um that that God is always good and he is always sovereign. And um, I think the reason that stood out to me is just how encouraging that is that there's not a second of the day. There's not a day in a week. There's not a week in a month. There's, there's no time where God is not in control and that he's, you know, he is always knitting all things together. I mean, we especially saw that through, well, through every story. Um, and that I was just being really encouraged by this as I was reading other books and things like that, where I, I heard this, um, Quote by Sproul in one of his books, it says, it is not until we understand who God is that we adequately understand who we are. And um, that that's just, I think, really helpful in reminding us to look for these attributes of God as we read. But then also in those two, in specifically that God is good and that he is sovereign, is that we don't understand our ourselves without comparing ourselves to God. And so Genesis was a really good place for us to see these attributes of God in order for us to more rightly understand who we are. And um, we, we are able to see that sin that was in Adam and Eve is also in us. Oh yeah. 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 So what's a major theme that you noticed? Um, I'm going to quote you here with the, <laughs> our dang depravity. Um, and that might sound like depressing, like, Oh, why do you want to talk about that as a theme? But I think we can't rightly understand the gospel without first understanding, you know, what happened in the garden and that even though we are sinful and we are, have that dang depravity that, that, like I said, God is still sovereign over and above that. And that he, he still includes us. Um, If you look at any story that we studied in Genesis, like God is using people who, you know, still fall into sin and yet he's using them in his, his plans through his sovereignty, despite our sin, which we've said multiple times throughout here is that it's despite our sin, but God still use us, uses us. And Sproul says, God displays with startling majesty, both in his ineffable grace and his righteous judgment. So we've talked about that, that tension between his mercy and his judgment Mm -hmm. all the way throughout. So I'd say those are two main themes I've seen is like how deprived we are, but then also how um, God has this grace and this judgment that he, he gets to choose, you know, how to use that and how to balance that um, throughout the whole book. Yeah. About you. So for me, it was that God always keeps his promises Mm. Um, from the garden where we see the proto evangelion, which is basically a big word for the first gospel. Uh Um, And we see where God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Um, We see 
um, that come to, to pass with Jesus. Uh Um, so we see God fulfill his promise there. We see his promise with Noah, where he says he will never, ever strike down every living creature again. We see the promises he gave Abraham that he would have descendants and make him a great nation. And, um, also his promise just to both Jacob and Joseph that he would be with him. Yeah. And so it's just a reminder that God is in the business of fulfilling his promises Mm Even if it's not in the way we think he will, he will fulfill his promises. And we just saw that all throughout the book of Genesis. Yeah, that's good. Because like even the promise of the fourth generation thing. Right. right? Like that they'd be sojourners in the fourth generation. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happens. If he makes a promise, it will be kept. Yeah, that's good. So what would you say is your biggest takeaway from the whole book? Oh, I think um, one of my biggest takeaways is that spending time studying all of God's word is not always fun or easy, (laughs) as we saw with like Judah and Tamar and Dinah and some of the really tough things that just make you cringe. It's it's not always warm fuzzies. Mm -hmm. Um, And it might even make you lose sleep. I mean, I think, or have weird dreams. (laughs) Like there were nights that I actually had trouble sleeping because I was just so, um, involved in the story. And like, um, the Lord was just really working on my heart in different areas, but it's life changing and it's life changing in the best Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. imaginable. And it's so worth it. That's good. I was like what Jen Wilkins says. She says, you know, it's not a debit card. It's like, it's a Mm long-term savings account. Like you're sowing those seeds, you're putting those in there for, for a day that you might not even understand why you need it. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway? So I feel like I, I kind of am a broken record on this one, but I really think you can't fully grasp the gospel without Genesis. Mm, yep. Um, if you, spe- if especially if you just read in the New Testament, which is fantastic, everything in the Bible, I would encourage you to read everything in the Bible. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> but like we mentioned a long time ago with the Tour Story 2 example, like Tour Story 2 is a great movie, but you don't fully understand the characters and, the, and all of that without watching Toy Story 1. Right. And right. so I feel like that's a silly analogy, but we don't understand why we need a savior unless we read Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. Like we can I see agree. we're sinful and all that, but we don't fully understand like God created us in, you know, Adam and Eve and put them in this garden and they chose to rival God instead of reflect him. And because of that, we're all born with a sin nature. And we see that by studying Genesis. So I think my biggest takeaway is that, you know, we want to understand the gospel and we want to bring everything back to the gospel and the work that Jesus has done and that we need to do that in every book of the Bible. And I think something just kind of came into my mind as you were talking about that. One thing that Jonathan's brought up a lot with me lately is that we're able to kind of see where our sins started with wanting that knowledge. And I think we see that in ourselves a lot today. We're wanting to be omniscient. We're wanting to know everything. And so much of our sin is rooted in that and it goes back hack to mm. the garden. Yeah. And so I think it just, once again, like you said earlier, it, it helps us see ourselves rightly in light of this, this whole story, yeah. all of God's story. I'm kind of being a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I need some like uplifting. <laughs> well, what would you here. say? What would you say to someone who is struggling with studying Genesis? Um, I would say it's worth it. Um, kind of like you were saying, like it's it's not always going to give you the warm the warm fuzzies. I think a lot of passages and a lot of the stories will 
excuse my Christianese here, but wreck you (laughs) like, but in the best way, because you know, it'll humble us and it'll, but it'll reestablish us in the gospel and it'll show us our need for Jesus. But then it also shows us how much God cares for us to provide for us in the ways that he does and to send a redeemer and to be there with us when we don't deserve it and to use us despite our sin and to, to love us and comfort us. And even though he is transcendent, he's so intimate and, and longs to, to have us as a part of his family. And so, um, I would just say, I guess I would just say it's worth it. Mm -hmm. That that might not be the most encouraging thing. What would you say? Well, I'm going to go back to something you actually told me because I found myself struggling a little bit in the middle. Um, and you told me, you know, take, take a break, like move on from Genesis a little bit and maybe study the Psalms Mm -hmm. or one of the epistles. And I think also finding someone to talk through what you're studying is helpful because they can bring to light maybe something you're a little bit confused about, or they can put, put things in a little different perspective. Um, and also I, I say this a lot, but a study Bible, um, and, or a good commentary is also super, super helpful. Um, as well as listening to sermons because sometimes Sometimes when you're trying to figure it out all on your own, it just seems so overwhelming. Yeah, so good. use the resources that are out there. Yeah. I think that's a really good point of how you're saying like have someone to discuss it with because like I can even just talk about an example myself here. Like when we were studying in Genesis three and I like could not get over the fact of where did this freaking snake come from? <laughs> and you were like, okay, well we got to, got to move past that. <laughs> yeah. So it is helpful yeah. to have someone to go because you might just hone in on one thing and not be able to get past it. Yeah. But somebody if you're walking through it with somebody they can you know not necessarily answer all your questions but help you to remember this isn't the point of the story right you know let's move on to the point of the story right so I didn't have an answer for this one but I think you might did God reveal something that changed your mind about a belief or something you felt about a story in Genesis yeah I mean I don't necessarily have like a specific like mind change about something but I would say that like there are stories in Genesis that I mean, I even asked Casey, can we just like skip this? Like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, I mean, from Cain and Abel or like the Leah and Rachel, that story just really like before we were able to study it and dive into it, I just I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to think about, you know, like the first murder and I didn't want to think about like why why was he tricked into having two wives and it's just there's hard stuff in here and so I think you know the thing that God really um was gracious to me was to remind me that just because it's hard doesn't mean you you shouldn't do it or you can't learn something from it so I think my my mind change was instead of saying I know the story from when I was a kid I know Cain and Abel it's a bad story I don't Mm want to read it God was really just encouraging me like you can learn something about me through this and and you can see my character through this. And even when we don't want to, like God can still use that. And so I think that's the the biggest change Mm. for Mm me. What about um, just something you learned in Genesis? So I learned the order of Uh the individual stories. Like last night, whenever I was doing the whole thing in a minute or two minutes, whatever, (laughs) um, I was able to like put it in order without having to look through my Bible. And I don't think I could have done that before. Like I could have told you, um, Adam and Eve, the big, I could have told you Adam and Eve. (laughs) And I could have told you, you know, that Jacob was before Joseph, Uh you know, obviously, but like the tower of Babel, I couldn't have told you exactly where that was. I would have thought before we studied this, I, for some reason thought Babel was before Noah yeah yeah Yeah. and yes exactly those two so just knowing the order of things yeah and um it as one yeah seeing it as one big story so that's something I learned what about you 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that a hundred percent. I think, you know, the main thing I've learned is that yes, it is one story Mm -hmm. and it's God's story, God's redemptive story. Um, so I would agree with that completely, but then I, I would say, you know, and I mentioned this last week that one thing that I learned that I had no idea was that Jesus didn't come through the line of Joseph. I don't know why that's been like such a big thing for me. And I think it's because a lot of times I want to be the point. Like oh. I want to be the point of the story, mm-hmm. and I always wanted Joseph to be the point, right? Because it's such a big. I mean, it covers right. what thirteen chapters. It's right. such a big part of the book. So yeah. yeah. So learning that was like humbling and just a good reminder of, you know, you might think you're the point of this story, or you might think this is the point of the story, mm-hmm. but really God's doing more than you even understand. And I also think that, and this might have been a subconscious thing, but Joseph is a lot more moral than Judah was. Yeah. And so I think it's right. easy for us to think, well, right. Joseph deserves it. Judah does not. Ah, that's really good. Which, which kind, really of, good. kind of leads me into the next thing that actually frustrates me a little bit about Genesis. Uh-huh. Is that there isn't always a clear reason why certain people are chosen mm. other than the sovereignty of God. Mm. And this isn't just a Genesis thing, but Ooh. this is an everything thing. Ooh. I know we're getting, we're getting <laughs> deep, deep, deep. This could be like a whole series in and of itself. Um, this is this is tough stuff, but we see it. We see God picking, um, you know, Jacob instead of Esau. We see how, you know, Judah was chosen to be the line of Jesus instead of Joseph. And right. we know it's not from merit. I mean, none, none of these people, nobody, everybody's depraved. Right. And so um, nobody earns that. Yeah. And so it's not that so-and-so was better than so-and-so um and it has to do with faith right like and and um but but yeah it's tough right which at first sounds like really bad and really harsh but when you actually break that down it's actually a really good thing because if it was based on merit none of us exactly and exactly yes so it is a very Mm -hmm. actually comforting thing that god is the one who is in control of our salvation it's not us being better than somebody else, some right. kind of comparison game. Right. What yeah. about you? Is what frustrates you? Um, that snake. That snake. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they come from? What does that mean? And Erin really doesn't like snakes, I, so that's why she's harping on this. I snake. don't. I do. I hate snakes, and that's because actually I was tormented with them when I was a child. So. <laughs> Um, if you remember when we had Evie on for the episode about God's immutability, we talked about that a little bit. Her brothers used to chase me with snakes <laughs> and put them in the pool. But anyways, it, I think it actually stems from just I'm so holy that I have an aversion to snakes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, that frustrates me. And I think it's cool for us to be able to say that. Like, I don't think. Yes. I don't think God's like, oh, just pretend everything is perfect and, you know, say nothing bothers you or you have mm-hmm. no doubt or anything like that. I mean, God wants us to come to him with our frustrations and to come to him with our doubts and to just be able to not pretend like you understand everything and not pretend like everything is great with you. But to be able to say, like, I don't get this. Yeah, I want to get it. Mm-hmm. And I know at some point it comes to faith and I'm not fully going to understand right. it. Right. But I think I mean, if we think about our kids, like I'm I really like it when my girls are like, Mom. I don't understand this. Can you explain this to me yes. more? I'm not going to be like, just pretend like, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think it's okay for us to say this frustrates me. I think it is too. At first when I wrote that question, I was like, is that okay no. for us to say something yes. frustrates us? But no, I think it's good. But now I, I'm like, good. And it's funny because the next question is what was one of our favorite things. And my favorite thing is kind of the same thing that frustrates me. Yeah. My favorite thing is that we see that even though it's hard to understand, God continually chooses mm. and uses yeah. broken people. Yeah. So even though we can't wrap our heads around it and even though it's kind of frustrating, um, 
it, it is also like Aaron said, so comforting because we're all broken yeah. to know that God can use us and God can choose to use us even though we're broken mm-hmm. and we don't earn, um, our salvation. We don't earn the fact that he can use us. That is so comforting. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. What's one of your favorite things? Um, I think I really like the practicalness, practicalness, practicality, practicality. Practical. <laughs> um, I, oh I just really like, like looking back all the way to creation, like there's a very clear, um, purpose for our creation. There's, there's even clear, um, purpose for you know man specifically woman specifically like if you go back and listen to those episodes we talked about you know man were created to work and to keep Mm -hmm. and and so it's just I really like how clear that is and how it gives us some rooting into you know the rest of the bible and when we read other passages we can go oh yeah this is in line with what we were created for Mm -hmm. and I just like to know like the why of things or the how of things and we're not always shown that but also in those moments when we're like, okay, we see that, you know, we were created to be a helper that really can root me and saying, okay, it says literally in the Bible, I don't have to kind of infer or do anything like that. It's just very clear and very practical. So I liked, I liked that a lot. So how do we see the gospel in Genesis? I mean, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again about seeing our need, but I think we see the whole gospel because what we see is our need for a savior in a whole deeper way. But then we see God creating a way for that redeemer to come. And we see that beginning, you know, that promise that he is going to deliver us. Um, How else do you see the gospel? I liked how we saw all the foreshadowing of Jesus, especially in the last part with Mm -hmm. Joseph, Mm -hmm. just these glimpses of what is to come and how, um, we saw several times um, subs- a picture of substitutionary atonement, um, whether it was um, the story with Lot or um, with Judah saying he would take Benjamin's place. Mm-hmm. And then with, um, you know, Joseph even, you know, paving this way for the people. Um, I just love all the the glimpses of Jesus that yeah. we saw, yeah. even all the way back to Genesis, That's which is awesome. crazy because, I mean, God knew, right? right? God knows the whole story, but There's no plan but B. none of the people right, did. Right. And so they didn't know that they're really truly a part of such a big picture. Mm, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. So how do we see Genesis Genesis play into the whole story of the Bible? Obviously we see it's at the beginning, mm-hmm. but how do, how does it play into the the whole rest of the Bible? So I'm going to let you answer this first because I'm going to kind of tag on to your answer. Okay. So um we we can a lot of times define like the whole story of the Bible as called the meta narrative, which some people say, um, creation, fall, restoration, nope, skip redemption, redemption, restoration. And some people say creation, fall, um, redemption, glorification. Mm. Um, and so I think in Genesis, we obviously see creation and the fall in those first couple chapters. And then we see God creating a kingdom or a people for himself. And we see that promised redemption all for the sake of that glorification or all for the sake of that um, restoration. So I think we get a really good glimpse of the Mm -hmm. whole story. And um, it just kind of sets us up for the rest of the Bible to see the rest of that meta narrative continue. Yeah, I liked how um, we saw glimpses of that restoration piece Mm -hmm. um, all throughout. We saw with Jacob and Esau where they their relationship was restored. We saw with Joseph and his brothers where their relationship was restored. So we saw things kind of coming full circle. And ultimately, that's how it's going to be for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And I just I love that. Yeah. I think it's such a beautiful picture of what um, of God's big plan for us, yeah. the whole big story of the Bible and what Jesus has done for us. 
So um, what, what would you say is your, your favorite story we studied? Oh, that's tough. We Honestly, this no, this we didn't. Question. Honestly, I think it's Joseph. Yeah. Which surprises me. Yeah. I don't know what I would have said before. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Abraham and Isaac is yeah. probably what I would have said. What? But I honestly think it's Joseph. Yeah. Just all the foreshadowing of Jesus. And like I said, I love the the restoration in the relationship with his brothers mm-hmm. and his father. And just, um, just the forgiveness that we see. And... I don't know. I really, after, after studying it, I just really, really like that story. Yeah. What about you? <sighs> I, I'm not sure. I, I think I want to say Noah because I feel like that was one of the episodes that was the hardest to prepare for, yeah. for me uh-huh. because it was, you know, something everybody already knew for the most part, but did they really understand it? Right. And, um, I think just preparing for that episode was really good because there's some hard stuff in that story. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. we think of it as this, you know, fun little nursery story yeah. or whatever. But when it comes down to it, I mean, it's pretty. Uh, what's the word? I don't want to say graphic, but pretty it is. Harsh, yeah, it's um, harsh. You could say. So I think I actually really liked studying that one to see, you know, not what we try to make the Bible say, yeah. but to see what the Bible what actually, it actually really says. says. So yeah. I, I think maybe maybe Noah. And I really liked Good. the point that you brought out, Noah, about how, you know, God shut the doors mm-hmm. for protection mm-hmm. for them. I, I really liked that. Yeah. So we're done with Genesis. We're done with Genesis. It has been such a journey to go alongside um, you guys with this. And it's been such a blessing and yes. an honor for us to be able to, you know, really study God's word and share what we've been learning with you guys. And so we're so thankful that we have a, a place to do this. And we you know, our prayer always has been to encourage you to um, seek God in the scriptures mm-hmm. Um, and we hope that we've been doing that. So the next week, maybe two weeks, we're going to do some Q&A episodes. So it yeah. should be fun. So join us for that. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.